Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Enjoy the show. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events. Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. I'm your host, J.P. Hussey, owner of the Hussey Team Mortgage Advisors. And today I have my good buddy out of Seattle, Shane Kidwell of Dwell Mortgage, among other things, which we will talk about. What's up, Shane? JP, has anybody ever said to you that you need to have a tagline like the hussy hustle or something? Like, All right. So let me jump into it real quick, right? So so every day I'm hussying. That's what that's okay. my one. All right. Good. All I right. Mean, it's unfair when you have a last name like that to not leverage that. I'm just Well, saying. I'm with you. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with it, not to talk about me here, but uh, if you know what a hussy is, right, I'll tell the joke, right? I always said I got three kids, right? I should have named my daughter Ima. Just to screw. I'm, it's a bad joke, but my dad. No, no, no. no. It's a, listen. You know, it's a dad joke, not a it's bad a good joke. joke. So yeah, it's you know, a good joke. So I'm with you. My whole business is the Hus Bus. Hop on the Hus Bus to home ownership. Love so it, man. I've used it to my ability the best I can, man. Love it. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm I'm blessed to be here. You know, we we rolled into the broker space January of this year. Uh, so we're like a like a car with no brakes on fire going down a hill and yeah, uh, we're yeah. loving every minute of it man yeah well it's i mean that never ends in the mortgage world or any business that you own i'm with you but that's cool so you said how how long ago nine months so january of this year so yeah we're like right at nine months got it got it got it okay cool cool i do want to i want to jump out in i want to learn a little bit more about you why we jumped on this so quick we were talking before but I'm kind of like, I need to, we need to do it on this, right? Um, I know you have a couple other things we want to talk about. You're a coach, you're an insurance, you got a lot of things going on, which is awesome. For this, it's more mortgage focused, right? So at least I want to start with how you personally got into the mortgage game. Yeah. Yes, you're a broker now, but you were yeah. somewhere else before this. So take me down yeah. that timeline, if you will. I got into the business in 2009. So right. at the time, I was a professional fireman. Uh, I got, I had a couple of pretty serious injuries on the job uh, and it just started to compound over time. And although I didn't retire until 2016, it, it opened my eyes that I needed to do something else. And in backstory, my dad was an entrepreneur. He helped found a small regional airline out here in Washington. My mom, after my dad passed away, she like, she created her own business a week after my dad passed to help support my brother and I. So like I've had an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit since I was a kid, uh, got into lending, actually started as a broker in 09, 
I think the FBI raided our office like six months after I started right wow. now, not my company <laughs> disclaimer, right, right. not my company. Yeah. So I got in at a very unique time as well. Right. Oh, nine was a pretty interesting market. And from oh, nine to 2016, I was a mortgage banker broker that was also a full-time fireman. And none of my clients and agents knew that I wasn't a full-time mortgage guy. Like mm. I, I hid my other profession because I didn't want it to be an excuse for another lender to say, well, you know, Shane's part-time, you should work with me. And I started to build a team. And so I got connected very early on with a company called Redfin. Okay, uh, I yeah. saw the opportunity. I just kind of snuck my way in there, had them work with me to buy a house, met a team lead that expanded. And I closed, I don't know, probably a couple hundred loans with Redfin alone. Wow. And so when I started really getting that, that bug that, you know, that, that when I was hooked on lending the revenue you can make, I, I had a month where I made more in a month than I would have made in a year as a fireman. Sure. And it just like, and no, like not braggadocious at all. I was like, I was stunned. I saw my paycheck and I'm, I didn't even understand how taxes worked. And I thought that was what I was going to pay for the year. And that was the taxes on one paycheck. And I was blown away. So I got excited. I got really excited about marketing using technology and started to grow my business. And I doubled my production each year for like four years, decided I wanted to build a team, built my own brand. It was a DBA for many years. So Dwell Mortgage as a brand has been around for, I think, seven years now, but only truly a brokerage for, you know, a little over nine months and uh, went, went into branch management, was a producing branch manager, then took on a role as an EVP for a small retail lender in Pennsylvania and just... Yep. This was during COVID and COVID, I think for me, in, in a lot of ways was a blessing because it helped refine what I really wanted in life, what mm -hmm. was important and what wasn't. And so I just realized that being on the executive team, working for another company just wasn't what I wanted. Um, I had a two, I have a two-year-old and like, man, mm -hmm. I love spending time with my daughter. I love the flexibility of being a broker owner. And I always had that bug, that itch to be like a full entrepreneur. And so, yeah, this year we went full broker. Um, nice. I've got an amazing team in nine and, uh, we're learning as we go, you know, it's, but, but man, it's so exciting because there is nothing limiting me from growth. Nothing. Mm -hmm. when, when you're in retail, you know, like it could be your branch manager. It could be your coworkers. It could be products you don't have. It could be rate. It, it could be a number of things. Just pick whatever is your limiting sure. self-belief, but there are things there that really do impact your growth. And so what do you do? You hop companies, you get a signing bonus, you hop companies and that's what they do. I don't have to ever have to hop companies yep. again. Anything I want is within my grasp. I want to do commercial loans. I want to do reverse. I want to do non-QM, renovation, anything. I can choose to do that and I can align with a great investor partner. So mm -hmm. it's an exciting opportunity. And, and I'm as an entrepreneur, my costs are lower. Thus, mm -hmm. my risk is lower. I have more flexibility. I have more freedom. I have more opportunities. I mean, like as an entrepreneur, I look at this and go, why wouldn't everyone become a broker? But then of course comes risk responsibility you know and there's all those things that, that, that do factor in yeah yeah no doubt i mean that great points that you're making because listen we're in the broker community right we're we're biased there um but we're not saying some people are meant for the retail side i think you nailed yeah. it that's why i started out our brokerage in 2018 because i've always been more of that entrepreneur type thing and I think that's what some people don't understand. It's okay if you want to be 
on the retail side. That may be good for you, right? But because this is more being an owner of a broker, you are more of that entrepreneur. There's more things. And, and like you said, we can coach each other up all day, believe all that. You know, I use believe a lot as well. But there are some things that will limit you on that other side. And that's okay. But if you want to go all in, this is probably the side to do it at, correct? Yeah, I mean, if, if you don't mind charging the hill with mm -hmm. a sword that you're sharpening as you're running up the hill with yeah. no one possibly behind you, yep. and that excites you, man, it's time to go mm -hmm. on. Now, I, I've been blessed to have some really unique resources that that are at my disposal to help me kind of remove some of the things from the day-to-day -day that I, I hate working on, compliance, licensing, some of those other yep. items. But if you need an army of people behind you just to get the momentum to start running up the hill... And there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like no. in our coaching community, probably 50% of our people are retail or bankers, 50% mm -hmm. are brokers. And again, there's no perfect model. There's just the perfect model for you. And that yep. model could change depending on where you're at in life. Before retail yeah. was a better model for me. Being a full-time fireman, I, I would have been a nightmare building my brokerage at the time. And so I think that that's what's really important is knowing yourself. And instead of just pivoting because the, the top producer on Facebook is pivoting, you should do what's best for you. And for me, I, I, I heard the voice, that little guy on my shoulder last yep. year who said, you're not having fun. You're not enjoying this and you're missing out on the things that are most important. And so I, I sat down with my CEO at the time, a great guy um, who just was a very understanding leader. And I said, hey, man, like I love this team, but I don't love what I'm doing and it's not for me. And I didn't even know if I was going to open my own business at the time. I just knew that's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I was able to step back, get space, get clarity. And I said, man, I just, I really want to do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's funny. It's as you're talking with, I'm going back to my situations a bunch of years back. Like I had, so there's the Hus bus that we were talking about. See the bus. Love that man. Right. I'm a hat guy. I love that hat. Yeah. You know, you got to get them. Um, but I've always had this and I was working in retail and that was part of the thing. Like I have this brand. I, I gotta, I gotta go all in. They didn't love, I had the brand and I was using sure. it, which I understand their point, you know, yep. but I do remember sitting down with the CEO of the last company I was with. And for lack of better words, I sat there and said, I'm not getting uh, one, one of these anymore. You know, sit like, I'm just not, man. He's like, I get it. I'm like, I got to, like, there's something missing here. I have this already. I have to go see what I can do. You know, yeah. we were having our third kid at the time. It was insanity, but Sometimes you just have to do that. And we're not saying this is for everyone. Like you said, it's what's good for you, you know? Yeah, and I think once you figure out what's good for you, whatever you do, you should do with, like, everything. Like, you should give it all of your effort. Like, you should give it, like, I always say, all gas, no brakes. There will never be dust found on the top of my shoes, right? And I think that's really what I think a lot of people lack is the uncertainty of making a decision that they know they need to make. It's like they're that squirrel that's flattened in the middle of the road, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people are today, right? They, they kind of feel like that voice is telling them, hey, you need to pivot or you need to do this. Maybe it's exiting the space. Maybe it's partnering with somebody else and giving up your brokerage. Who knows? I mean, there's yeah. the best entrepreneurs I've ever met are just the, the quickest and the best at pivoting. Yeah. So if they're, all right. So entrepreneur, what would be your definition of that then? Boy, I think that's people great. get confused. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, I think an entrepreneur is somebody whose gears are always turning, right? Like I'm, I'm, I, I get so excited because every time I meet somebody, it's an opportunity to like learn something that makes what I do better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why I love getting on podcasts. I think also 
it's not arrogance, but it's confidence in knowing like I may not make the right call, but I'm going to like, that will teach me something that will teach me something mm -hmm. so I can make the right call. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And because you're, you're kind of, you're jumping out of a plane with cloth, a needle and some thread mm. and you're stitching your parachute. Mm -hmm. Some don't do that well. Some aren't willing to do that. Others are. And now I, I think I cheated probably. My dad was an entrepreneur, so it was in mm -hmm. my blood, but I've also surrounded myself with some incredible people. I have two business coaches. I've had, I mean, I, I worked with David Goggins for a year. I've worked with oh. Emma Gali, some played in the NFL, some just incredible people who were just really dialed in. And so, man, like going into battle for me, I had three swords, not one, and they were sharp, right? And mm -hmm. I knew I had guys behind me in a different way that were helping me. And like right now, I have an incredible two two incredible coaches, and I'm constantly getting feedback from them on, and I'm giving them my ideas, and I'm the gears are turning. But I have people I can bounce the ideas off of, and then I'm willing to hear them out if they say that's a terrible idea, mm -hmm. you know, or the and they'd say it much nicer than that, but they're like that might not be good for right now, and, and then you have to be open to receiving that. So I think for me, an entrepreneur, somebody who's willing to jump out of a plane, create their own parachute, and you're kind of smiling as you're falling, and and, yeah. be, and, and have your gears turning constantly, and like you have to have this, this hunger that's almost undescribable to, um, to want to be able to build a legacy, mm. right? Like for me, yeah. like when my dad died, I was eight years old. My brother was 10. My mom was a stay at home mom. We had $25,000 in life insurance. Wow. Like, like that. And God bless my mom. She created a house cleaning business. She took mm -hmm. that money and flipped that into an investment that paid for my brother and I to go to state college. Like she, that's the entrepreneur right there. Quick pivot. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so I think that that's part of it is like, for me, I really want to build something that's going to have legacy for my family, for my team, my company, for my daughter. Like, I mean, she's two and a half and she's already coming to the office, sitting on my lap doing zoom calls. Oh. You know that's what I mean? Cool. And that's the entrepreneurs, man. Like people that are entrepreneurs, they love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for the people out there that you have that little feeling in your, in your chest or your brain, whatever it is. And they don't like, I have a coach myself for everything, life and bit, like just give it to me all right. I really do recommend that for someone that works for you. But if you have that feeling and you just don't know how to go over the ed edge, like, and you need a coach, right? Like, where do you start there? I know you guys have a coaching company, but like, what's your real recommendation for people to start looking into that? Because I don't think people know where to go. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny right now, those that can't do coach, you know, it's like, and, and listen, there's incredible coaches out there. There's a lot of coaches that like to feel needed and important more than they actually like to help their clients win. And they've got to be willing to tell their clients feedback that may get them fired. Like that's the best type of coach. Interesting. Right. So, so we actually don't do co coaching contracts. It's just all a cart as a part of our community, because for some people you might need a coach for a day, eight hours. You might need them for a week. You might need them twice a week. You might need them for a quarter. It's totally dependent on your situation. But mm. I think for a lot of people, it starts out with just surrounding yourself with a powerful peer group. I mean, our coaching group was founded by five guys who met, hung out and shared ideas. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, I'd hear about a technology and I'm like, trying to fix my phone system and trying to get away from my cell phone. And one of my buddies said, you should try ring central. I'm like, what the heck is that? And that uh -huh. turned into a build out for ring central. So I think first and foremost, peer groups are free, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and they're powerful. If you get in a room of people that are winning and, and that doesn't mean 
you're, you're, you're closing the most loans or financially, it means that you have a winning mindset. You're not talking about how gray the weather is about how much rates went up. Who cares? Yeah. Right. Like that, that has zero control or impact on what I do in a given day. And quite frankly, what I'm doing today pays off in hell six to 12 months, maybe. So it's mm -hmm. completely irrelevant. So I want to be in a peer group with people who are fun, creative, don't take themselves too seriously, but take the, the craft of being an entrepreneur very seriously and, and are always willing to share ideas. And that's first and foremost, you can get coached by your friends. Then you get to a place where you have the resources available to really go out and get a coach. And my two coaches right now have nothing to do with mortgage, but they help me with my mortgage business because I get perspective. They help me see yeah. the things I can't see. And I think that's important. And at times having a mortgage specific coach is incredibly powerful. It's, Hey, I, I don't know how to meet with agents. I'm cold calling them on a Monday. Like we would say, stop, stop doing that. Cause I've done that and it doesn't work. Right. Like, so yeah. I think there is some experience that's needed in this market. If you're in a place where you feel stuck in the mud, you feel like you've lost momentum. Yeah, no, that, that that's a really good point. Like, as, like I was saying, my coach has nothing to do with mortgage. Best coach I could have. Like I, I've been in this game 12 years. I kind of have an idea and yep. I have peer groups to go be specific to mortgage to see what's working. Right. But having that coach, I totally agree with you just to get your mindset right. Because once that's right, like you said, none of the other crap matters, really. Rates, Absolutely. whatever it is. You can get specific on that, but is what it is. I think it's really funny that you are a fireman, right? Because that's really the almost, and tell me if I'm wrong, the opposite of entrepreneur because you're kind of just being, lack of a better term, being told what to do. There's a fire. Get my suit. Go. Right? Kind of. Right. Like, what have you learned from that? How has being a fireman helped you to be where you're at now, even though it's so different? It, it really helped me create my secret sauce because the consistency of the military, of a paramilitary organization. Mm -hmm. I got up, got to work at the same time, polished my boots, did the same routine every day for almost 13 years. Mm -hmm. And no matter what happened to me the night before, if I got in a fight with my wife, if I you know, if I stayed up too late, if the Seahawks lost, it didn't, if the rain, if it was raining every day, I did the same thing. We call those actions that matter. Like I had non-negotiables because listen, think about this. This is interesting. So you call 911 right now. You have the worst experience of your life. Something traumatic has happened. You call 911. Somebody who you've never met. And if you call them at midnight, they're getting up from wow. a dead sleep. They're mm -hmm. going to go, I got to go figure out where JP lives. I'm going to go figure that out. They're going to drive there. They're going to meet you for the very first time at, in, at your worst moment ever. And you expect them to perform at their best, right? That's what I did for 13 years at the busiest station on the West coast. Wow. And so, although it was completely different, like, yeah, my, my battalion chief told me when I could have lunch. And like, ultimately that's part of why I retired. My back hurt, but also my entrepreneurial heart was hurting because I, I just, I had so much that I wanted to do and was being held back by the fire department, which was my dream as a kid growing up. But the discipline, those ATMs, like everyone in sales must have certain things they do every day to create consistent momentum. So no matter what the market, your friends, your boss, the industry is doing, you're winning every day. Yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't think of it that way. They're, they are like entrepreneurs as well. Like you said, they got to get up. They got to go. They got to figure stuff out, right? So, so they really are. I, it's funny. My, my really good buddy is Army, um, and he's Army National Guard right now, and he's one of the lead recruiters. So he has this mix of being super disciplined with actual being an entrepreneur because he has to go market himself. 
it's really cool when I've dove into his business. I'm like, wow, you're marketing kind of the same as me, but you're in the army. So these are things I'm learning every day as well, because I wasn't a part of that, which is cool. So I'm really glad you gave some uh, perspective there. There's no doubt. Um, Jumping on, jumping on. I do want to, I mean, let's stay on entrepreneur a little bit. You own an insurance company as well, right? Part of Goosehead. Am I right? Yeah. So get into that. I, you know, I have been blessed with a really sensitive check engine light in my life. And about five years ago, I just, I was looking at the industry and I thought, man, this, this can't last, (laughs) you know, and I wasn't like a lifelong mortgage guy. You know, I got in, I was a fireman, like, and I was pretty common sense. I thought, man, it it seems like there's a lot of people out there making more money than they're probably worth, Mm -hmm. uh, lacking skill and expertise. And man, this market's going up and up and up. And like, I've always heard that what goes up must come down. So I decided to take the vast majority of the profit I made the last four years. And Mm -hmm. I, I've repurposed it in other things. I started my insurance company four years ago. I started uh, investing in apartment syndications Uh, during COVID. I built my co-working space. Right. And it wasn't because I was an expert on any of those. It was because I was passionate about creating legacy, uh, creating some, I think some financial safe havens, right? Like insurance is great every month. It just does what it does. I mean, no matter what, everyone needs insurance. And so it's not sexy. You're not mm-hmm. getting that big payday, you know, up front, but you're getting a nice payday over time. Mm-hmm. My co-working space, it gives me the freedom to do whatever I want in my day. And I have a fun space with entrepreneurs I get to hang out with, but these things cost money. And so for me and my, my life, my wife, we decided to live like we were poor. We said, mm-hmm. hey, if we can live off what we were making when I was a fireman, if, if we could be really frugal with the things we had, we didn't go out and buy. I mean, you know, you know how it was, JP, in the last season oh. here. People oh, yeah. were people were doing the dumbest things, buying the dumbest things. And now they're dead broke and they're they're canceling $50 subscriptions because they don't have any money. And you're like, what happened to the guy who bought the brand new Jaguar 24 yep. months ago? Like, what yep. happened to that guy? And I I just I never did that. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't pay cash for things unless I could actually afford to buy things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that was why I started insurance. It was probably out of a fear of the market turning. And I'm, I'm super blessed that it did because now as I'm building my mortgage brokerage, I can tell my team, Hey guys, we're good. Like we're building, we're refining, we're cutting costs that make sense to cut, but we're also doubling down on things that make sense. And so we're able to reinvest and I, there's no stress for me. My, my team has a 401k match. They have healthcare benefits. Like I'm not worried about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. My whole family comes from insurance. My grandfather was the first Allstate agent in Philadelphia back in the day. My dad, my brothers, I was the first one to kind of to get out and go the mortgage side. But I already see there's I'm going to be involved in that at some point. So I'm also banking like, you know, that's what being an entrepreneur is. You know, things are going to come up, come down. Insurance is a good you you want to call it safe. It, It kind of is. It's not sexy, but it's a long term play. And it fits well with with our business. So, I mean, the insurance is a great piece. And Goosehead, I know, is a great, great company as well that that's really come along over the years. That was, that was a good call by you. Is what yeah, I'm saying. And, and let me just give a cautionary tale because yeah. I think I've learned more from the mistakes than I ever have from my my the things I've done well, right? Because typically when you're doing something well, there's an outside influence that's also helping you do it well. And it's probably hiding a flaw that you have that's exposed when things aren't great, right? Mm-hmm. Like this market, for example, and and with my other companies, I pretty much have always partnered with somebody 
And, and I think that's a challenge with entrepreneurs is we want to do everything on our own. We want to build everything. And it's like, man, you, you've got to be willing to let go mm -hmm. and only focus on things that are a good use of your time. Like my ATMs, my actions that matter in my day are making sure that the other people are helping me with my businesses, my bookkeeping company, my, my admins, my, 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 my operational staff, my marketing VAs. Like that's where I spend my, that's, I want to make 1500 bucks an hour. And for me to do that, I cannot do $20 an hour tasks. I cannot yep. like, I, I, and so I think that's really important is I partnered with a lot of other people and cut checks to make sure that I got to cut myself bigger checks. Calculated risks, right? 100%. I mean, it makes sense. And you're going to screw up sometimes. I've had a couple of little bad investments, but you don't know, right? I mean, it's the old saying, like you were saying earlier, you win or you learn type situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it, as long as that money I lost, Correct. I learned from it, then mm -hmm. I just paid for more education. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, all right. So I'm trying to pack it in here because we'll lose people. So we got like 10, 15 minutes. So I do want to jump to uh, to Fuse quick, right? Because yeah. you have a session there. Now you haven't been to any of the fuses before. I I I like I like snuck into the room last year okay, as a cool. retail lender, and I like okay. poked my head into the room and I saw a okay. glimpse. Um, but this will be my first experience of Fuse as a broker owner. All right, sweet, sweet. Yeah, I've been to almost all of them from the beginning. I've done this, been on stage. I did the whole thing. It's great. You actually has have a breakout session. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, okay. I'm I'm on a stage in a room. Okay. <laughs> and so um and and super blessed to be able to share on social awesome. media and yeah. and how to build an organic brand without having to spend any money. And yep. so I'll just I'll give the Cliff Notes version. We're going to be talking about intent, impact and authenticity. Okay. And I'm going to be sharing how I leverage technology to make my marketing much easier, right? To be able to Got create it. engaging posts and building on authentic brands. So when you're walking down the street, people go, Hey JP, what's up? And you're like, I don't know that person, but they know me. That's a win. Absolutely. Like that's when that's you're winning. Win. Like mm -hmm. if anyone thinks that social media in general, isn't the number one place to create more impact and growth in your business, your head is in the sand, mm -hmm. right? For free, for free. It's insane. Right. I'm with you. And so yeah, I Good. Yeah, I'm sorry, so I'm going to be talking about that and sharing my stories and like most of what I I do, what most of the content I create, it's it's just about my life, you know. And and you don't have to go viral to make money. I had a post mm. that went viral. I don't know. Quite honestly, I don't even know how it went viral. I have over 11 million impressions on this post. Crazy. Guess how much money I made from that post? You give it to me. Zero. Zero. I had another post. I had like 4,000 impressions. I was talking about going for buying in my Bronco with my family, nothing mm -hmm. to do with mortgage. I wasn't, nothing. you know, positioning myself as an expert. I just was an authentic dude. I'm like, I love my Bronco, man. Like I saved for it for five years and I want to go for buying. I had a guy who runs a real estate team reach out. And he's like, I don't, you don't know me, but I know you. I love what you're doing, dude. I love your positivity. Like he's dealt with challenges in his life. And he, he runs a, a real estate team at the top brokerage in my market. How much revenue do I get from that? And so what I want to really like just drive right. home for people is, dude, it's authenticity. It's the intent behind what you're writing. Even if you're not talking about business, you can in be intending to direct business revenue from that. I'm authentic. I talk about, you know, growing up with depression. I talk about loving donuts and coffee. I'm a passionate Seahawks fan. I'm a conservative guy in a non-conservative market. I don't mm -hmm. do it to be abrasive. And like, I really want people to take away from my series how they can go out within weeks, be starting to generate revenue and momentum just through impact 
engagement and authenticity. Yeah, yeah. I, I really, really, I'm going to make sure. Uh, what day is this session? What yeah, so we're Saturday. So yeah, there's cool. actually two social media sessions and we are bookending the beginning and the end. And so like, you're going to want to go to both of those, like super, super site. Kyle Draper is going to be opening on social cool. media and I'll be closing on social media. All right, cool. I really, I'm putting this in your hands. I want this to click for people. All right. So I was the same thing. 2014-ish when I was starting my brand, I said, I'm not, I had people tell me, wake up, call the realtors, the whole thing. I'm like, I can't do it. It doesn't feel good to me. I get nervous. I start stuttering. It's not me. So I went full in social media, kind of like you said, I've never paid for anything. It's just been me, my family, people know me. I'm walking down the street. They're like, hey, JP. I'm like, what's up? You know, I, I say it, it, making yourself like a C-list celebrity in a small town. You don't got to be the A-list. You don't got to be B. You're just like that guy that everyone kind of knows and they know you, right? But what people still don't know after nine, 10 years is like you said, you're just not posting mortgage stuff once or three times a week and thinking you're, anything's going to happen. You have to be yourself. Maybe you throw in a couple things mortgage-wise, but in your spin, just being you, I people still don't, can't get that. So I'm putting it on you, Shane, yeah. to make that click. Just be yourself, and it, it seems to work. JP, here's the problem. People don't know what authenticity means. Yeah. What they think is, is that when they see a guy wearing a backwards hat and other people are commenting, that's a cool backwards hat, they should wear a backwards hat. Mm -hmm. That's not authenticity. No, You're just – you're just copywriting other people's stuff and plagiarizing my, you're plagiarizing my authenticity. Mm -hmm. When you do something that you think is going to benefit your business, that isn't something that comes from you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and that's what I'm going to talk about. Like people plagiarize authenticity all the time and it doesn't feel good. And we can see right through it. We're not stupid. And here's the deal. You could cheat on social media when it first started, you could go out there and vomit about politics or, you know, recipes short posts with no intention, no impact, no authenticity, and people would engage. You cannot do that anymore. Those people are, are dead. They're not winning. They're dead online. No one sees them. And so yep. I want you, I want our audience to be on every billboard, on every street, on every corner of America for free. And if, you, if you're intentional, you're authentic, and you have impact in mind and everything you're doing, you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to that session. So anyone listen, we got what, two weeks till fuse, get out to this one. Um, especially if you're trying to reinvent yourself, like get out to this one. It's going to be a good one. I can feel the vibe through the computer, West to East coast, whole thing. So we got a few minutes left. I got three questions. First okay. one is Gino Smith, the real deal. Gino Smith is the real deal. Last year he had the, he was the most accurate passer in the NFL. Okay. Okay. So accuracy matters in every industry, right? Last week, he made one mistake, but he threw for over 300 yards, had 116 passer rating. We also are paying him like 50% less than the top you tier are. quarterbacks, which makes the rest of our team a more diverse team. Okay, okay. I'm you didn't think I'm coming with the heat right here, JP. I like it. Well, I mean, Geno Smith's always been kind of that backup quarterback, and then he got his chance, right? He yep. stepped up. He believed himself had a great year, but this is this is the year where he's got to say, "Last year wasn't a fluke, right?" You know what I love about him? He when he when he when I I use the term when you puke in your lap. When Geno Smith pukes in his lap, he admits it. He talks about it. He laughs. He shrugs it off and he moves on. First game mm -hmm. of the year, not great, right? Just not good. Not mm -hmm. only on him, it's a team sport, like everything is. So is being an entrepreneur. 
But game two, he came out and he just lit it up, man. He passed the ball to a bunch of receivers, played a team game, super humble. Like mm -hmm. he talked about his offensive line. That's the first thing he said. It wasn't about me or some fake authenticity where he's giving quotes. He yep, talked yep. about his offensive line. Well, we have a quarterback out here on the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Same type of guy, yep. I would say, right? Yep. Kind of, you know, does his things. No one gave him a shot. Second yep. round pick. Got pulled from Alabama. The whole Fired thing. Alabama, man. Yep. Same type of guy. So I had I had to ask the Geno Smith question because I'm a big football it. guy myself. Um, all right. Into these last two questions I like to ask here. If you're someone trying to reinvent themselves or you've been doing this 15 years or you're brand new and you just you're stuck. Right. What's one or two things you're going to tell this person right off the bat? Yeah, you got to be on social media every day. You got to have a plan for your day. I'm going to give it away. We have a podcast series that anyone can get on this. I call it the 54321 strategy, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. You need to be doing these five actions every day. You need to be doing five engagements with other people's posts, authentic, mm -hmm. intent-driven engagements with other people's posts. You need to be sending four private messages, again, with mm -hmm. intent, with authenticity, for impact. You need to be having three phone conversations every day with people to grow your business. Gallup did a poll. Every phone conversation I make, every conversation I have in my market is worth $200 in future revenue. Want to make more money? Have more conversations. Two, you need to be creating two posts on social media on every platform you use. A tip that I give people is have your, your kind of your flagship platform, build mm -hmm. your content for that platform. And then if you don't have a ton of time, copy and paste it for the other platforms. Don't overthink mm -hmm. the algorithms because they change all the time. And then have one in-person meeting every day. If you do five, four, three, two, one, I will guarantee you, you will grow your business. I'll give you my Ford Bronco if you don't. That's awesome. I might email you right after this to get that for my team. And I'm going to start yeah. making sure I'm, I'm doing a lot of them, but there's a couple I'm missing. So I want to jump on that. That's great. And then the next three to five years, the real estate world, mortgage world, let's focus on that. Where do you see it going in any way, shape or form? I see those that win are those that are like us, that are excited about jumping out of planes and, and stitching their own parachute. They leverage virtual assistance, AI technology to enhance what they do. It's like if I grill a steak and I add kosher salt, it just makes the flavor better, right? Mm -hmm. In my opinion. So mm -hmm. you want to leverage outside resources to enhance what you do, not replace what you do. I think the days of having these mega teams where you don't really do anything but golf with your buddies is is gone. It's unaffordable. It doesn't make sense. And I don't see it being successful. So I think I think the broker owners, the solopreneurs, or the small teams, I think that's going to be where we're going to see the most growth and competitiveness. We're also going to see a lot of players come into the market. I think we're going to see mortgage companies that are going to be selling, merging, and acquiring. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably, and I hope the days of the companies going under we may see a little bit more of that before the end of the year. And then I think it's going to be acquisitions. And so the big companies are going to get bigger, which is okay for us, man. We can crush the big companies if we're leveraging AIM, our groups, our peer groups, our coaching, technology, because we have economies of scale and affordability that retail lenders don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I think you nailed it, man. Hey, I appreciate it. It was good to meet you. I hope to meet you in person out in, uh, Thanks, in Vegas. I uh, appreciate the energy, the positivity. I'm about to go run through a wall. I was a little bit low this morning. I'm going to go run through a wall, not the brick wall next to me, <laughs> but I will and hope to meet you out there, man. I appreciate it. Hit me up online. I want to send you those strategies, man.
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to do it right now. Awesome. Thanks, bro. Sure. Thanks, Shane. Attention brokers, step up to the plate and knock it out of the park at the largest annual gathering of independent mortgage professionals in the country, AIM's sixth annual Fuse National Conference. Katie Sweeney, Matt Ishbia, Renee Rodriguez, Dale Vermillion, and Todd Duncan round out an all-star lineup of mortgage masters. Network with thousands of MVP wholesale mortgage professionals and the industry's top brass lenders and vendors. Gear up your team and your business with electrifying keynote speakers, hands-on summit sessions, major mortgage news, and historic announcements. Get the lowest price of the season and save $200. Get your tickets at aimgroup.com backslash events. That is aimgroup.com backslash events.